Did you guys know that by becoming a subscriber of The Suzanne Venker Show, you get bonus episodes regarding things like stories about my own marriage, answers to questions about other people's marriages and relationships, and commentary on current events that undermine marriage and the family. You also get free eBooks, early releases of each episode, and a 100% free digital copy of my new book, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched. Whew, with all that, who wouldn't want to become a subscriber? It's not even expensive. There are three very economical levels from which to choose. Just go to SuzanneBanker.com forward slash podcast and click on the become a subscriber button. That's SuzanneBanker.com forward slash podcast. And now on with the show. From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So today I'm going to talk about why it's not only okay to put love ahead of career, but why it's in fact the smartest thing you can do. So let's start with this fact. Anyone who's been married for any length of time can attest to this. Who we marry and how that marriage fares has the single greatest effect on our happiness and well-being than anything else we do. The outcome of that singular decision will dictate the entire course of your future. I know that's pretty heavy duty. I'm aware of that, but it also happens to be true. Your job doesn't even compare your career path. I should say doesn't even compare to this other decision. Therefore it makes zero sense for both partners in a relationship that's headed for marriage and family to prioritize career over the relationship, the needs of the family unit. If you want your marriage to last, it has to come first and be a team effort. I thought about this when I ran into another article in the New York Times. There are so many to choose from all of the time. Um, from a Laura Bazelon, Baz- Bazelon, probably Bazelon, entitled, Divorce Can Be an Act of Radical Self-Love. And here's what Miss Bazelon writes, quote, after I became a mother, I was still the same striving, work-obsessed, domestically challenged person I had always been. I made a choice, or sorry, I made choice after choice to prioritize my career because I believed fervently in the importance of the work I was doing. There are many reasons we did not make it. She's referring to her husband, divorcing her husband, obviously, there. But the main one is that we had incompatible visions of our roles as partners and parents. You are not present was a phrase I heard a lot. Sometimes it was literal. For years, I traveled frequently for work. Sometimes it was metaphorical. 
my mind consumed by a case or a piece of writing. I would retreat to an inner world that made it hard to focus on the people right in front of me. End quote. So kudos to her for being so honest. I, I have to I have to give her that. But my reason for bringing up that example is because that choice to prioritize her career in that way is the reason she's divorced, bottom line. Because the only way that it would work to prioritize a career alongside your spouse, so both people pursuing it to that degree, would be if you either, A, didn't have children, although even then you're not really prioritizing the relationship itself, so that will fall away as well, but it's definitely a thousand times harder with children. Um, or B, you, as she pointed out, didn't marry somebody who's, who had the same plan, who had the same goals. And you're, it's, you're going to be very hard-pressed to find somebody who, who wants that life. And so clearly they did it anyway, and she's divorced. She had a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and unfortunately this piece is just a big uh, justification for why it was, you know, her kids are going to be fine and it doesn't matter and all that. But I, I'm not talking about that today. I'm just pointing out the fact that you get what you prioritize, and that's what she prioritized, so it's not a coincidence, coincidence that she's divorced. So if you're in a relationship that is heading towards marriage and you want that marriage to last, you both have to be on the exact same page about prioritizing that marriage and the family unit if it's going to last. Someone should have stopped this, someone should have stepped in prior to this couple that I just read about getting married in advance to tell her this. I know it's very trendy for couples whose relationships are headed toward marriage to postpone their nuptials so they can focus on their respective careers, but it's irresponsible and foolish for their parents to stay out of it or to worse, encourage this. They of all people should know what marriage after kids looks like. Now I know there's a lot of people who will say, well, they're, my, they're grown. You know, my kids are grown. I can't tell them what to do. Absolutely. I get that. I get that. In the ideal world, you would have shared this information before they ever left your house. You would have told them what they needed to know about marriage and what, what it looks like post-kids so that they didn't get into this predicament. But even if you didn't, that doesn't mean that your words will fall on deaf ears if you catch them in advance enough when they're dating someone. It's true that once they're all in, you know, you're, you're going to have very little influence. That's true. But the idea that when you first hear about your daughter's plans and you feel this, I don't think that's going to work, but you suppress it, to me, that's causing this problem. Because where else are young people going to get the information they need if it's not from a parent? They're certainly not going to get it from the culture, so parent, a parent is the only one left to do so. You might have heard that many couples today even maintain what they now call LDRs. It's an acronym. They have an acronym for everything in, in the younger, with the younger set, which stands for long-distance relationships. Even going so far as to living in separate states or getting engaged without a ring and a date. And again, this is 100% because they're prioritizing money and career over the relationship. In fact, you'll find a widespread acceptance among the millennial generation of the idea of marriage as a capstone to one's life rather than the cornerstone 
which is a massive shift in mindset from the way all previous generations, all of them, viewed marriage. Up until very recently, getting married and having a family of one's own was literally the whole point. The whole point of, of our existence here is our relationships and what we create in our homes, not money or career. And of course, most people come to realize this once they've had kids, but they've set their lives up in such a way that they can't take advantage of this reality. In just a very short period of time, the majority of young people now believe that marrying later in life translates to being translates to people being more mature, better spouses, and allows people to achieve their personal goals so they won't have regrets. That's that's the status quo today. So to think otherwise is to be bizarre or something. Um, but this may work for a select few, but the results of this poorly planned life show something else altogether. More often than not, this approach to not prioritizing marriage and to prioritizing one's career instead has either or all of four specific outcomes. Number one, it causes people to have a very negative view of marriage. You're thinking of it as, whether you're aware of it or not, you're thinking of it as something that um, sort of stops your stops your life, stops your plans, and, and you have to rearrange everything at that point, which you do, which is true, but as though it's a negative, as though the main purpose of your life here on earth is yourself and the money you make and the job that you have. And you're going to fit family in around that. There was a great, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, Sandra Bullock was being interviewed by, it's not great, I don't know why I said great, by Barbara Walters. And they were talking about marriage. And she said, quote unquote, I always had the feeling that when you get married, it's like the end of who you are. That's not some kooky, uh, you know, uh, um, movie star or whatever, making some strange comment. She was actually uh, encapsulating, that quote encapsulates what women have been taught to think about their lives for decades now. And that's a problem because you're, you're going into the whole thing, which you eventually will do. And she did. Um, most people do marry still. You're going into it with the wrong attitude altogether. It is a wholly negative one. And so you're setting yourself up for failure. That's number one. Number two, it makes combining the lives that you've created as individuals when you prioritize your career and you live together for a long time or you just you know, have these long distance relationships and you get married way later in the game, it makes combining the lives you've created as individuals much harder. Much harder because people are used to doing things their own way. They get used to it in 10 years. So, so this is true both for financial reasons and, and other reasons, whether it's, you know, how you do your laundry or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, but financially, it's obviously the biggest one. It makes it very, very difficult when you haven't built a life together from the get-go with another person to then do so down the line a thousand times harder. I can vouch for this because everybody who I speak with in my coaching sessions are at least 35 if they're married and if they're married and most of, most of my clients are married are 35 plus and their histories are all the same. 
I mean, even the concept of, of learning how to build wealth as a team is so foreign to them. The whole financial picture is different because so many of them, if not all of them, have separate this and separate that, his and hers. And that that's their success, statistically, their success in marriage and in their finances, which often go together, as you know, um, are is um, compromised severely from somebody who has built together as a team from the ground up. Number three, it leads to poor preparation for marriage and may actually diminish marital happiness down the road. Because what happens is you you have these relationships for years and years and years, and you postpone marriage. You especially if you're living together. I mean, I'm going to do a separate a separate episode on living together um, before marriage, so I'm not going to, to to talk too much about that right now. But it, it, you end up sliding into the marriage, and this is this is research. This isn't just my thoughts. You can actually do the research on this. People end up sliding into marriage rather than deciding to marry. And those are two very different things, very different things. You have to know when you're making a decision, going back to my initial opening, that whom you marry is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. You have to make that um, objectively, soberly, seriously, um, and, and not just slide into it because you've been together so long. Well, why not? I mean, once again, that's what I end up... <laughs> Um, seeing in my coaching practice is people who really got married because they were already there together or because somebody wanted a baby. And so the person was there. I mean, there's just nothing about it was consciously thought well, you know, consciously thought out and well thought out. And number four, it can also result in women either not getting married at all or getting married, but being unable to have children. So that's just an issue of timing too. When you, don't prioritize marriage or love over career. When you, when you prioritize career and that's your focus, there's all of these, there's, there's a fallout to that. There's all of these arms that, that come from that one decision that people aren't understanding until it's too late. I mean, it's true that men and women lead very parallel lives prior to getting married and having kids. So it, it feels like you're, you know, you're on the same plane and um, you're going to be able to just combine, combine your lives down the road, no problem. But the reality is once they take the plunge, everything does change. Not for the worse, as, as people are taught to believe, but it does change. There's no question about that because it's really the presence of children that bring out those striking sex differences between women and men. Prior to that, they, they kind of feel kind of similar. It's really having children that changes everything. So that is why, going back to my original point about how both people today are prioritizing their careers, that is why that's a mistake. And why in the past, women, when they're, in, women, when they're involved in relationships that are headed towards marriage, you know, from like 22 on, let's say, have always followed the man's career rather than the other way around. But there's even, there's still an excellent, no matter how we think that that's like old school or whatever, there's a, there's still a very solid concrete reason why women should still do that. Whether it's 1971 or 2021, most mothers step out of the workforce, workforce 
at a far greater rate than do fathers. Therefore, young women who don't plan for this in advance will find themselves stuck. They will feel trapped and resent, rent, resentful by the burden of caring for an infant while at the same time being a full-time breadwinner. And this resentment will destroy the marriage, hands down. No question. That, if that is not a good enough reason for why you should, why women should be following a man's career, not the other way around, why the man's career should be prioritized and not the woman's, I don't know what is. Assuming you're going to want to get married and have children. This is for people who want to get married and have children. If you have a different life plan, more more power to you. But for people who do, you need to know that most women still step out of the workforce for X period of time. They may not be out for 18 years, but they are out and, or they cut back. And if, if they have followed her career or even put it on an equal plane as the guys, rather than like, uh, you know, prior to having children, saving up everything she makes in preparation for staying home, she will be stuck. And when she is stuck, she is absolutely going to blame him hands down. Or if she doesn't, they're just going to be stuck in this place where they don't agree with how to handle the work and family thing, which is what, what happened with the, um, the woman in that article. There was a great article a couple of weeks ago in Time Magazine, or actually last month now, by two authors, William and William Sticksrud, it's an interesting name, William Sticksrud and Ned Johnson, and they wrote the following. I thought I'd close with that because it, it, it's aligned perfectly with this episode. Quote, when a friend of ours spoke on a panel offering career advice to undergraduates, she was afraid to share her most important insight. That in her early 20s, she prioritized jobs where she could be near her boyfriend, who is now her husband of almost 20 years. It's not a message she felt was safe to express, but she went for it. I would tell my younger self I was right to make career decisions based on my relationship. Because the truth is that nothing has mattered as much to my happiness as the person I chose to go through life with. End quote. The idea of putting love before career is probably one of the most, if not the most, countercultural ideas out there. But guess what? That's why it works. That's why you should listen to it, because the majority of the advice young women get when it comes to dating, mating, and marriage is complete and utter crap. You have to be weird today if you want to find love and to sustain it. You have to think outside the box. You have to be countercultural. There is literally no other way. That is the road to success. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Benker Show. Before you leave us, I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review at Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. If you've done that already, or if you can't leave a review on your podcast player for some reason, please consider sharing the show with a friend or a family member. Word of mouth is the primary way we get the word out about the Suzanne Benker Show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. 